Now, Google Earth's interesting. It's sometimes it's two years old, but uh, still, from the aerial view, I may just spot things like that as well. You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Welcome back, Right Club Nation, to another episode of The Right Club Podcast. My name is Sarah Larby, and I'm here with my co-host, Alfonso Salemi, and uh, good to see you again, and welcome back from Jamaica. Yes. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? What's up, Right Club Nation? Yeah, like Sarah just mentioned, I was in Jamaica for a little bit, relaxing, man, you know, uh, having a good time out there. Now back into the swing of things and recording the podcast again for this new year of 2020. And today is a really, really awesome podcast with a big supporter of The Right Club. And he's been on our stage many times, done The Right uh, the right Talks with Matt Frederick. And, you know, he goes over a lot, a lot of different things, really in depth. And I know the real estate empresses, it's uh, Sarah, Jen, Jess, and Gabby, you guys are you guys are just united. It was like uh, it's like the like the Avengers of real estate. Like you guys are powerhouses working together, and you guys are working closely with Matt on some big, big projects, and kind of walk through a couple of the, the the steps. So, is that what you're working on? Is that your main priority? Is that what's going on? Or why don't you kind of fill us in, Sarah? What's uh, yeah? What's it's uh, it's actually really, really interesting. The four of us decided that we are real estate investors, but a lot on the residential side. And we just wanted to uh, learn to do something bigger on a bigger scale. And uh, development came as, a, as an idea. And we were all saying, oh, you know, that'd be a really cool next step. And we're like, why don't we just like do something together? And in that way we can learn and who do we need to hire? And Matt came as our top choice of, we've got to get a mentor and a coach and somebody that has done it before. Because once you get into development and building, I mean, your mistakes can be detrimental. So we're trying to hire the right team. And Matt was definitely that first person that we thought of. And so he's been coaching us probably for the last two months, just on learning about development and building. We've had some meetings with architects and builders. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. So we, uh, we are actively looking for land to develop on and more to come, more to come. But uh, yeah, that's with, uh, with Jen Richter, Jess Bukta, Gabby, Charles, and uh, and myself, and all of us, we've got, uh, I would say, anywhere between 10 to 20 properties. They're more mostly residential. And uh, and for those of you that may not know Jess, uh, Jessica Bukta is uh, Luke Boyron's wife. She and him are uh, probably the number one best top, most active wholesalers when it comes to residential in Canada. And Jen Richter, uh, W Properties, her and her husband do basement conversions in Hamilton and some new builds. And Gabby and Kevin, her, uh, her husband, they do some buy and holds in Milton. And you guys, you guys probably hear me all the time, so you know my story. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really fun. I'm, uh, I'm really excited about that new adventure. Obviously, the, the Burlington Burr that I'm doing, the live-in Burr coming along. We're uh, going to start construction just it's now after Christmas. So looking forward to that as well. But uh, what about you other than Jamaica, Alfonso? How's business? Yeah. And I just, before we get to that, I just want to say that it's so amazing. And, and you guys are, you know, challenging yourselves. You guys are all very successful in your own respect of, of you know, the, the real estate that you have done up until this point. And, and now you guys are that next level, that next challenge. And, and that's the cool part of, you know, being a, you know, kind of a co-founder of the right club with you is that 
we are constantly challenging ourselves on what we can do better, different strategies and, and, and becoming the best version of ourselves. So I think that's what a lot of people are talking about in 2020, becoming that best version. And you guys are well primed for that and kind of really like a, a superstar team of, you know, helping each other become uh, better and, and, and challenging yourself. So, and that's a big part for, for us at uh, Jag Properties as well too. We're really challenging ourselves to, uh, to get to that 200 mark um, by the end of this year, uh, we got another about, uh, I don't know, maybe 55, 60 properties or so to go to get to that 200 mark. So we're going across Ontario every month. We're going to be in a different city, kind of putting on a couple live events, speaking to realtors, to mortgage brokers, to industry professionals, and then also kind of a different event on the same day, speaking to investors. So look out for more information about that coming across. We're going across the province, east to west, north to south getting in as many rooms as we can with uh, people that just want to learn more about rent to own. The more that, you know, we see that we're doing this, the more confusion there is around it and it's not regulated. So we really want to put, uh, we want to put it out there that this is the way that we do it. This is the way that we should think it should be done. And yeah, challenging ourselves to, to, to really go through this. So it's uh, busy times. It's awesome. And what the other part, I guess we're both involved in that uh, that's keeping us pretty busy as well too, is our online community. It's uh, it's bubbling like the, the, the pot is almost boiling. It's almost ready to go. We've been putting the fine tunes on it. Uh, you know, I think we're, we're trying to get over our own selves of like, oh, we got to make this thing like amazing and perfect. But we're, we're excited to get it out to you guys and, and really utilize it as something that you guys want to use on a daily basis. Um, keep the networking going, keeping the right club room that whatever you get from that room, if it's encouragement, knowledge, some you know spreadsheets, examples, things like that, that it's going to be at your fingertips all the time. It's going to be ready for you. And uh, yeah, it's been a lot of work, you know, uh, Sarah and I, as well as Daniel and Laurel with Catherine and Paul, you know, we're, we're constantly building this thing and um, yeah, it's ready to go guys. So keep, uh, keep on track with that and make sure that you're signed up for all the, uh, all the news and information that's coming through on, on that stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about our guest, Matt Frederick. Matt has been in the real estate investing realm for probably about 30 years. So he's done, I think every single type of real estate investing strategy I can think of and uh, even wholesaling uh, multi and commercial properties. That's really cool. Literally residential development, building, et cetera. I mean, you name it. And uh, he's actually most likely my go-to person. Like if I have a question about real estate investing and I'm like, I actually don't know this answer, I'll probably him and be like, Hey, what's the answer for this? Cause he, he has like the majority of the answers of stuff I wouldn't know. So super knowledgeable. And uh, I'm excited to have him. It's his second time actually on our podcast. He's also been on my podcast once. I think we've got a, a scheduled second time as well. Um, and, you know, we can even have him on a third time because one of the things that he also does is storage units, which has uh, it's a different in interesting strategy as well. So um, super excited to have him on the show. It was a great interview. It was super fun. Like usually we, we record the intros and the outros after the interviews. And, uh, and, and hopefully um, you guys come out to the right club because he comes out, I would say, eight out of the 10 times that we have an event every single year, Matthew is out and, uh, and he's really just willing to help and, and guide um, investors, whether you're new, but also if you've got a bunch of properties and you're really trying to get to that next level, you're going into something a little bit more complex, um, like we are with development. I mean, he's a great resource to have. Absolutely. So listen, we hope you, uh, you enjoy this podcast. If you do, please don't be shy, rate, review, let us know what you think. It definitely helps us 
to get in front of more ears, if that makes sense, or getting into ears more and ears. Ears and eyes, as we are now on YouTube. That's right. right. Hello, hello. Yes, that's right. So it definitely helps uh, more people find the Right Club podcast. And if you do think it's uh, it's worth a, a good review, let us know. If you don't, also let us know that we can, you know, we want to change and adapt and be able to grow as well too. That's what we are about. But uh, yeah, what do you think, Sarah? Let's get to the interview. Let's do it. Welcome, Matt, to the show. How are you? I am fantastic. Good, good. Super excited to have you back again on our podcast for the second time because you're probably one of the most knowledgeable investors that I know and you've done this for many, many years. I want to say about 30 years and you've done every single type of strategy I can imagine. So the first time I feel like we, we covered a small, tiny portion of everything that we want to talk about. So welcome back. Excited to have you here and uh, are you ready to get going? Uh, it's great to be here and I am ready to get going. Amazing. Right on, right on. So for those listeners that haven't uh, listened to the podcast, either uh, either Right Club podcast, last time Matt was on, or even uh, Sarah's podcast, that's where I kind of reconnected with Matt. So for those listeners out there, why don't you kind of let them know a little bit about uh, about yourself, what you do, where you are now, and then we can kind of get right into the meat and potatoes of uh, what you're currently doing. Well, I started the investing now probably 29 years ago. And like everybody else, I started with residential, then I moved to commercial then to new development, and then to raising money for that development. I think I survived investing throughout all these years because not only was I applying the stuff I was doing, I was also teaching it also. So I think, you know, helping people and coaching people while you're actually investing, I think that's a great concept and uh, it's helped me along the way, filled in some of that cash flow gap. And uh, so right now I'm probably looking at doing more, I spent some time building in the last eight, nine years. I'm probably going to go back into building. Very cool. So the real estate empresses and myself, we actually hired you because you are probably one of the the best at development and building. And so you're actually walking us through a potential first larger project for us. And can you just touch base a little bit on development and building and just some of the, the things that we should be aware of going from maybe a residential real estate investor or somebody that has a handful of properties into something like this? What do we need to know? Well, you know, real estate developing has many, many parts to it. That's first. When you're investing in a property, like you buy a house, you're fixing it up and you're holding it or you're selling it, or perhaps even you're going to assign it. It's really just you, the property owner and your team. When you're developing, you're bringing a lot of people that are not in your team, like from the outside to the inside. You're dealing with the government, you're dealing with bylaws and codes, you're dealing with contractors and builders. You're dealing with partners if you're raising money. So it's really a very complicated game that you have to know how to play right. And you have to make sure you get the quarters in correctly. First quarter, then second quarter, then third and fourth, as opposed to, you know, first quarter, then jump to fourth, then to, to second, then to third. So you really should have somebody walk you through the process. And, you know, with, with the emphasis, what I find really exciting is I, I built for 10 years. I was moving away from doing it, but working with folks who are younger, brilliant on their way up, uh, it sort of kind of re-sparked a bit of, hey, maybe I want to develop too. So for all you older folks like me, got to work with younger people because they really, really inject, you know, cause you to want to come back into doing whatever you were doing. So yeah, it's a really great experience. I think it's like a real cool combination to have that is, you know, throughout my life, I've always had older mentors or people that are, let's say, more experienced, right? And age is really just I think a number, it's how you feel your health, all that kind of stuff. But I think the combination of the two, like 
you know, the people that say, you know, full of the, the piss and vinegar or like it is new where sometimes, you know, I'm sure you, you hear it all the time. And I know I've approached you, Matt, a few times on different topics and ideas. And to me, it's brand new and I haven't heard about it or I'm just finding out little tidbits of things now that I'm finding out how much I actually don't know about it. Right. And that's why the combination right. of somebody with your experience and obviously like, like Sarah and, and like she mentioned in the team that she's working with is like really really good combination of both right that you can you can kind of know where those landmines are creating that game plan of how you're going to go attack whatever that project is so when you're talking about a development and you have the multiple phases and people involved like what's like a oh my god this is my day one into developing or what we're going to do like what should i do what should i be concerned about well i mean probably the most important thing is you have to find the right piece of land and understand that piece of land what can be done with it what is it zoned for? I mean, do you really want to change the zoning? Do you want to get a variance? All that takes a lot of extra time. So that's your first concern. And then ultimately, uh, you have to sit down with somebody who understands the process so they can cost out the job for you. You really need to know exactly uh, what the costs are along the way so money can be provided for that along the way. Whether it's you're buying land or you're doing site plan approval or perhaps you're doing now, you've been approved, so now you're doing your underground services, putting in any kind of, uh, if it's a development, it's obviously gonna be sewers and things. If it's a house, it's gonna make sure that you have services to that property, uh, digging basements. And then of course, now you have to go vertical. And, and uh, what's more important is you have to understand where's the process, why you're doing what you're doing, and who's the end user. Because the end user will determine the actual value that you can actually charge for what you're doing and what kind of money you can make. So there's about five phases, land, site plan approval, underground services, basements, and then going vertical. So I would consider those things. One of the things that I was shocked at is when you were telling us about how much it costs, or we were realizing how much it costs to have underground parking. And it was like something, I was it like 35,000 or 15,000 a spot just to, to create an underground parking spot. And that was just absolutely crazy. But right. there's, there's just tons of stuff that as like a residential real estate investor or somebody that's doing small multifamily, et cetera, we just have absolutely no idea. One of the things though that I, I find interesting is when you take a piece of property, you're developing it and you may or may not build on it. So talk to us about like how you decide what you're building on and what you're just developing and then you're selling off and, and what that criteria is. Well, I have a certain pattern that I use. This pattern works for me. Everyone would have to adjust uh, for themselves. But what I'm really great at doing is finding land, not for sale, and convincing the owner to sell that land. So in some cases, I may secure the right to buy a property with a purchase sale agreement, but I have the right to assign. So I may assign that piece of property to somebody else who could not find it, and perhaps there'll be a pretty major fee for me. Or I may decide to hold that piece of land and build on it. Now, how do I hold it? I may convince the property owner to be a partner. So maybe I'm not gonna pay full price for the land. Maybe I'm going to buy it at a certain price because I have an arrangement with them that once things are built, they're going to get profits. It may be that they partner with me, so therefore I'm not buying the land, or the proper paperwork that I'm building on their land. It could be something as simple as an infill where someone's got a property with a house on it. Maybe they've had it for maybe 20 years, lots of equity, extra piece of land that they've not done anything with, and they're kind of cold feet to move forward. So I may partner with them to use the equity in their home to walk through the process of that piece of land being built right beside, 
and that home that's built, we can split that or they can sell it. And of course, if they're going to sell it, that would be a severance and building of a house. And, and to make it a simpler build, I might just do the basement and then uh, there's modular housing uh, that's becoming more popular nowadays. So it's a, it's a quicker build. So those are some of the considerations I might do. I might hold it. I might assign it. I might partner with the landowner to, to do something together with them. So those are three of a uh, few options that I look at. Yeah. And what's, what's your favorite or what's one that you kind of strive for? Or is it dependent on that land or that area that you're working with? Well, my comfort zone would be four-story, 50-unit condo buildings. So three or four-story with an underground parquet. That's my comfort zone. I love doing that. That's a much longer project. What's easier for me to do is, again, find a larger lot with a house already on it and convince the homeowner to perhaps build a house with them using their equity, my expertise, perhaps my team, and share the profit on that property. So there's hard and there's easy. So I like to do easy and then probably hard. Uh, I would like to assign probably three properties for every one I consider building on. So that's my pattern of of what I would like to do. So if I find four properties, I'm not going to build it all four. I may pass on three for a fee, build on one. Should I build complicated? Should I build simple? All depends on my team and the situation. So with you and and your team, you guys are actively searching different areas of of where to acquire certain parcels of land and and things like that. What are some strategies or or maybe things that have been successful to to find that desirable land or that place that you want to do either the assignment or or develop or or to to kind of do that co-venture? Well, I find, I find it's a behavior. So if I have an appointment, let's say at 10 o'clock, and normally I'll leave at 9, I'll leave at 8. That means as I'm driving from point A to point B, my behavior is if I see a great piece of property, some vacant land, an extra lot, I may stop at that moment in time and try to contact the owner for a simple conversation. I may talk to the person who's renting the house, I may leave information for the owner. And so in a random way, wherever I'm going, I always have in the back of my mind, look for a piece of property. Now, that can be also said for a rundown home or a building that I like. It's a behavior, a behavior to leave early and stop and then go in, make the contact really quickly, and then continue on your path. Or you can have people who are dedicated to doing that for you. I've always said you want to find people who are driving around all day. And people who are driving around all day, whatever their profession is, then they can spot things for you as well. And then sometimes I use Google Earth. So I have a virtual assistant who um, will go online and check certain streets in certain cities using a certain pattern, just looking for vacant land for me. And then I'll then investigate that land. So Google Earth's interesting. It's sometimes it's two years old, but uh, still from the aerial view, I may just spot things like that as well. I don't do it myself. The dollar value for it is not there for me, but I can pay somebody 10 or 15 bucks an hour to do so. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Right Club Nation. I just wanted to take a quick moment here. It is Sarah Larby and I'm here with Laurel Simmons and we have some really exciting news for you. And we heard you, we heard your emails and we are going to be bringing you Right Club Nation online, coast to coast, accessible at any time of day. And you can be in your pajamas like I am right now, and you can access our great contents. And what is going to be that content, Laurel? Well, we have videos, recordings of live events that we've held. We have webinars. We have, we'll have our podcast information up there. We'll have 
of forums and chat groups and all kinds of things. You'll even be able to find services and products that you need in your neighborhood, local for you, because we know how important it is that you have your local team with you. We're going to be rolling things out very quickly. And as we start, you'll see more and more stuff come along and we really want you to join and become part of our online community. Absolutely. This is the first, and in my opinion, it was going to be the best Canadian online community of real estate investors and like-minded individuals. So guys, come and grow with us, join our online community, register, and come and say hi and check out the amazing things. Yeah, and all you have to do is go to therightclub.com and you'll find us there. It's easy to register, it's free, and hop on. We can't wait to see you there. Guys, come and grow with us. And now back to the show. Obviously, you mentioned team, and I think team is super important. I agree. We have a mortgage broker, an accountant, et cetera, et cetera. But like, how does your team differ in what you're doing? Well, again, it all depends on the size of the project. I have certain architects who will do larger projects. I have certain builders who would do larger projects. A lot of my stuff is still out in Alberta, but I'm now beginning to develop that here. Uh, in Ontario, and especially because of the empresses. Uh, if if uh, your team didn't approach me and discuss development, I may not have gone back into it. But again, it all goes to uh, working with people who are motivated. Now, your team is highly motivated for success. I've already passed a stage in my life where I'm not as motivated. I've done well in my life, and uh, I can just relax. But, you know, when you relax, you get older, right? So... That's right. So, okay. So you're talking about having, cause it is interesting, like an architect, that's usually not somebody you would have on your team. If you're necessarily just buying properties, you talked about a builder, an architect, a builder who like an, a structural engineer, potentially, or an engineer of some kind. Yeah. I, again, it all depends what you're doing, but I do have an environmental company that I go to. I have a land surveyor that I can go to. I have an architect I can go to. I have someone who's an expert in bylaw and zoning. So that, that's somebody that's important. I have uh, obviously access to realtors and mortgage agents and insurance agents. I have access to inspectors and appraisers. The appraisers have to obviously work with the bank. So I have a team that way, but I also have laborers, people who will go out there and do some, some labor for me. That's not high tech, but it, it, uh, it allows me to balance my time. I can teach them what to do and they'll go out and do it. And therefore, I don't have to be out there doing that exact same thing. So again, the team depends on exactly what I'm doing. Am I buying and fixing? Am I building? The team could be a modular home company or a, a builder as well. So for a lot of our listeners that have you know, bought a property and maybe they understand the process of, say, a single family or a residential property where you typically put an offer and then there's a deposit and then, then there's the down payment and you're qualifying for the rest of the mortgage. What are kind of like the milestones or steps? Because I know I've never bought a new build and I know some of our listeners have, but I know there's different stages and steps at certain build points. So when you're actually the developer on this type of project and you're trying to finance it, like how... How does that work? How are the mechanics or, you know, from maybe from a, a little bit of a higher level describing the different stages of financing a development project? Well, to finance, uh, you have to consider when you buy the land, if it's just a piece of land, banks are not excited about land. So you may not get financing from a bank. You may have to go to a private source. If you go to a private source, you could be paying 9 or 10%. So that's a consideration. 
you may want to talk to the owner of that piece of land so maybe they can hold a private mortgage. If they hold a private mortgage for you, it means that obviously they're the bank. If you do go to a bank, they may give 50% of that money in order to buy that piece of land. So that's my first consideration. How do I buy that land? It'd be better to get it from the vendor because you control the interest rate. Secondly, you can get it from the bank or you can get it from a private money. Now, once that's done, you have to go through all your, your land survey. You have to go through your, you know, your architectural plan, your site plan. Once it's all completed, that can cost, depending on what you're doing, 30000 or 450000 depending on what you're building. Now the bank may say, okay, I didn't want to give you money for the land, but now your site plan approved, shovel ready, maybe we'll give you some money shovel ready. So therefore, that money may take out the first investor may take out the BTB in order to now build from there. Some banks, depending on your situation, may give you a hard time even at site plan approval. You may have to put in the underground services. You may have to get uh, the basement dug, and you may have to get 75% pre-sale, depending on what you're building, for the bank to maybe come in. When the bank does come in, they won't come in and here's all the money. They'll come in in what's called tranches. So they give you money in segments, and they will come and confirm each thing that you built. So the key points for financing would be, how do you buy the land? Now that your site plan approved, can you get money? Even if your site plan approved, you may still need to get 75% pre-sales and then have your basement ready. And then the bank may come in and then they'll come in in pieces. So hopefully that, that gives you an understanding of the different, different levels of uh, where you get financing. People can jump in and jump out at, at different stages. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. That's very thorough. So for you and your projects that you've done in the past, like how did you acquire financing? Was it going to private lenders? How did that all work out? Okay, so my projects, because I was an owner of the project, I was able to speak about those projects. So what I did was I had presentations. I would advertise for, come to a two-hour free workshop on learning how to develop. And most people who want to develop should never be developed. So if there are 10 people in a room, really eight should not build maybe two could, but the eight that should not build, they may then decide perhaps, okay, I may invest with you because you seem to know what you're doing. And what I would do is I would bring those people to the company and have the appropriate people at the company speak to them about how they can fund the property. So it was more of a, hey, come on out, listen to a two hour presentation about building. Guess what? You scare eight people and then two are there to go. It's okay to scare people because some people should never do certain things. But the ones who should never do certain things, they can then partner with you. You know what? If they like how you do things, you put them on to the right people in your company who will then raise that funding, whether it's a mortgage agent or a mortgage broker who specializes in raising money, or you may put them over to, let's say, an exempt market dealer who can raise money for your, your project, depending on how you structure that. So that's generally how I would raise money. Also, too, I do end up talking to building owners randomly. I contact them uh, through just by contacting their tenants or speaking to them through direct contact, uh, buzzer. And uh, some of them may end up wanting to invest. So that's two sources. Active, I run an event. Passive, I, I may buzz a buzzer and say, hey, who owns this building? And then go from there. For sure. And, and I'd like to say both of those are active, Matt, because you're actually, you're, 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 you're still waiting you know, so you're not waiting for somebody to come and talk to you. You're actively going out and explaining and talking to you, talking to other people about what 
what you offer, what, what the opportunity that you have is. And I think that's where a lot of investors kind of get stuck or get nervous, especially early on or, or for other projects. And I'm, I'm sitting here listening, you know, you're making it sound so simple, the site plan approved and then getting other money. And I'm like, oh man, I would be so nervous to go ask anybody like that just walked into my office right now to say, hey, you know, to do a building project. When I'm talking to people about rent-to-owns and investors and, and venturing that way, that confidence level is there. Right. So it's getting to understand that. And I think the only way you can do it is a by working with people that have done it in the past, but also getting in the trenches and doing it and finding it yourself. Right. Talking to those people going on the buzzers. Right. Yeah, I agree. It's actually a very, very complex, complicated and difficult system. It's not easy. And it's not something that people should learn on their own because you end up getting hurt. And sometimes you don't just get hurt like a paper cut. You might lose a leg. So it's a major, a major cause of pain. So yes, you're right. You got to work with somebody who's been through it before. Now I've been through it for over 10 years. And the good news is I, from day one, I looked at it as though if I were teaching this, what do I need to know? So that's, that's what I did from day one, whereas most builders look at it to just to satisfy a situation to build something. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. So I want to take a, a little bit of time and talk about something else that's also very interesting. And that's wholesaling commercial buildings, because it's not really something like you hear wholesaling, you hear a lot of that in the US and it, a lot of people that are looking to get some quick money. That's where they start. It's not as simple in Canada. There are still some wholesales done out there. I think Luke Boyron is, is one of the biggest ones, but a lot of it is focusing on residential. And so you have a twist to it. Can you uh, talk about that? Yeah, so Luke has a great system. I'm very impressed by him, Luke and Jess. Now, so the key thing about commercial, let's say wholesale or commercial assignment is you have to understand commercial real estate. So the first thing is you would find somebody who owns commercial real estate, who also teaches commercial real estate. Not just somebody who learns it on the internet, but a real person who really owns commercial real estate who's actually working with it, number one. Number two, you have to understand how do I go out there and meet people who have buildings who don't even know that they want to sell them? Because by the time it gets to the, to the MLS, a building that should be mathematically 1.8 million ends up being 2.1 million. So you're really $300,000 above the price anyway. And now to bring that back down again, to then be able to say to somebody else, I've sec secured you a great deal. I'm going to pass this great deal to you for $100,000. It's kind of hard to do when it's an MLS listing. So the key thing is, how do you spot those buildings that look like they probably should go for sale? And number two, how do you contact that owner and have the conversations? We'll give about four conversations in order to convince them to, hey, you know what? You're thinking of selling in three years from now. Why don't you sell today or closer to this time? Then securing that property. But the good news is when you assign a commercial building for, let's say, $2 million, you're making $100,000 to $200,000 on an assignment. You realize that most Canadians do not make over $150,000 a year. In fact, I think it's less than 10% of Canadians make above 150. So imagine in one assignment of a commercial building, yeah, you take the time to learn that concept, but one assignment can take care of somebody's whole year's worth of work. And two, they can spend some time now, perhaps in Jamaica, on vacation. There you go, Alfonso just came back from Jamaica. <laughs> And also that $100,000 of assignment fee or $200,000 of assignment fee sure helps with the short cash flow on some other properties you may own, sure helps you to put some down payment money on things that you want to buy. So you have to look at it that way. You and know, I, and I look at it almost, you know, it's not an easy thing to do wholesaling or finding it, but going yeah. out and sourcing the actual deal or the project, that's really where the money is made, right? Is you, you, There's yeah. deals out there 
but they're they're to be made. They're not. You don't just go and find one. You really have to. You have to really make it and, and negotiate with that person. So I know you've been on the right club stage many times, doing the right talks. I've seen you in Hamilton as well, too, the best city in the world, speaking uh, at uh, the Gain event with Alex and Kaylee Powell. So yes. I know you have really, really different views on you know negotiating or talking with people or or finding that. So maybe share a little bit or drop some a little bit of wisdom when you are negotiating or trying to find that deal. What are some things that you know you have seen that worked in the past? Well, you really have to understand who you're talking to. And I tend to spend a lot of the time that I have speaking to high net worth individuals. And a high net worth person is not the same as a medium net worth. So someone who's rich and someone who's not rich, they both have the same desire to obviously, you know, make money. But somebody who is looking to make money, when they speak to a high net worth person, the person who can actually sell me the building, or the person who can JV with me or fund my deal, that person has a whole different way of thinking. If I'm looking for money, I'm trying to convince that person that I can make you cash flow appreciation, I can make money through mortgage pay down, and I'll take care of all the work, I'll do the heavy lifting, I'll be your beast of burden. The, the wealthier person is not looking for cash flow. One thing a wealthy person can't stand is losing their money. So they're looking for liability protection. So you'd have to talk to them about how are you going to protect me liability-wise with respect to this property that you're about to show me, you want to partner with me on. And liability means what if you die? What if you get incapacitated? What if you get divorced? What if you go bankrupt? What if somebody falls and gets hurt? And then when you take care of that, secondly, now a wealthy person is like, how am I going to make money on this tax-wise? What have you done to make sense for me in a tax way? Because if you're telling me I can make a lot of money, but I'm giving half of it away, it doesn't make sense. And the third thing, obviously, is what's my exit strategy? Can I jump out at certain levels of the game? And the fourth is, do you have a great system? Remember, systems always beat just uh, random things. And number five is, are you confident with your system? I want you to convince me as a high net worth person that you have that down pat. Now you're permitted to talk to me about making me cash flow. I mean, how dare do you talk to me about cash flow? when you haven't protected me from a wealthy perspective. See that way of thinking? Yeah, definitely. It is interesting to see on how you approach it, whether or not they're going to trust you based on that and understanding what really matters to them, positioning it that, that way first. Because you have to protect them first, not tell about how, what kind of money they can make. Because a wealthy person already has money. What they, what they don't want to do is lose their money. Absolutely. What a person who doesn't have a lot of money, what they want to do is make money. So they tend to talk to that wealthier person as though that wealthy person wants to make the money the same as they do. No, different, different perspectives. It's very tactical and different strategies that you have. Cause you can say, Hey, there's, you know, there's a, a, a room full of gold over there, but then there's snipers all the way walking through while well, you're not just going to run into that room. You're not going to make it two steps, right? You're going to have to exactly. think about how do you protect? How do you go? Maybe if you have a tank, it's going to be a little bit easier to get into that room. Right? So that's right. Yeah. That's how the wealthy think. They don't want to lose their money. Much harder to be wealthy and lose your money than it is to be poor and lose your money. Yeah, absolutely. So we can keep talking about, you know, so many things and we'll have to bring you back as well because you still have a wealth of knowledge. I want to talk about storage units one day too, but not today. Just because of our time, we are moving on to our lightning round. And so Alfonso and I will take two questions each. Everybody gets the same questions and you might have actually answered these questions before, but maybe your answers have changed since then. Are you ready to play? And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Right Club Nation. Just wanted to stop the podcast really quickly to introduce you to this week's sponsor, Dylan Suter of Elevation Realty. 
Dylan and his team have been a longtime supporter of the Right Club and now the Right Club podcast. Dylan and his team have been personally helping me find a property in the Hamilton area, and I know for a fact he has helped many Right Club Nation members find their investment property. Dylan, take it away. Thank you so much, Alfonso. Proud supporter and sponsor, not just the Right Club and Right Club podcast, also of Jag Properties and everything you guys all do in your end. So thank you so much for having me on here. Myself, I'm an investor and an agent. I have a team of five that work with Keller Williams, all investors, and we service the Hamilton, Halton, and Niagara region, both for residential and investment-based properties. Just want to leave the podcast with a quick tip for the month. Tip of the month will be winter months bring opportunity to negotiate better prices and extremely favorable terms. If you want the best negotiator in your corner for investment properties or residential real estate, give us a call at 905-592-4220. You can check us out at all the Right Club events. Email us at info at elevationrealty.ca. Check us out online at elevationrealty.ca. And I look forward to speaking with you soon. Back to you, Alfonso. All right. And like Dylan said, if you haven't met him or anybody on his team, definitely check out the next Right Club event. They're there every event. Thank you so much for your support, Dylan. Now, back to the podcast. And now back to the show. I'm ready to play. All right. Number one, what is the best advice you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Well, I think it's from a guy named Michael Lee Chin and he's a billionaire. And he says to me, if you're going to invest in something, make sure number one, it's, it's a high quality business or high quality thing. Number two, you must understand it fully. Number three, it's got to be something in a long term industry that's always growing and you got to use other people's money prudently, as well as you have to have long-term relationship attitude when you're working. So I'd probably say uh, Michael Lee Chen, uh, Ontario billionaire. I think that's probably the best advice I've received in a very long time. You can apply that to anything, by the way. All right. Question number two, the lightning round. What is your favorite real estate investing resource? I'm finding today that I really enjoy going to clubs. So meetup groups, I don't generally go to meetup groups to find, let's say, financing. I'm not at that stage, but I do like coaching and teaching people. I do like sharing my knowledge. I do like uh, being in room with rooms with people who have a common way of thinking. I, I totally enjoy that. The Right Club is the, the largest group that I go to, and I try to go at least eight times a year. So for me, that's a great resource. I learn a lot from people on the stage, and I, I have great camaraderie with people who are there. Yeah, you've been you've been a regular. So guys, if you are listening to this and you want to meet Matt in person, come out to the Right Club. Awesome. So number three, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? I think that you know I have a framework for making decisions, and that framework I generally respect it and I keep to it, so that I don't spend a lot of time, let's say, doing a lot of random weird things. I have a certain way of thinking, although I'm always open to to suggestion, I generally have patterns that I use. Therefore, I don't have to reinvent the wheel. And when I'm doing things very complicated, complex, I have everything in line. And at the same time too, I surround myself with just great people. I have access to great services, to great people. I have access to a great network. So decision-making a certain way, and I have access to certain people, a combination of the two that has been very successful for me. And, you know, just to kind of go off a little bit, I think, you know, as someone that's a little bit younger than yourself or a little bit less experienced, as you develop that over time, you become more secure in the things that you want and don't want. And that's why you say you have a certain framework, right? Where right. you know that, okay, hey, I've tried that before. That doesn't work. Or in the, I've kind of seen something similar that way. And you become more confident to say, I don't need to do that. There's not the... Uh, 
the FOMO, right? The fear of missing out or something like that, because you're exactly. like, no, that doesn't go with kind of like your values or the core of who you are. Exactly. And, and when I say that I'm, I'm, you know, I have a certain way of doing things, when people get stuck, they tend to gun the engine, you know, it's like, I'm not making any money here. So they go and they put a plan out that's a crazy plan to really spin their wheels at, you know, a thousand miles per hour. If you're stuck in mud or snow, you go to low gear and you you take yourself out through torque, which means I have a low gear way of doing things that's always there as a foundation and it moves me forward at all times. I'm not just racing at something. I love that analogy, the the, the torque or the speeding, because you can spin your tires really fast and get the RPMs up, but you're still in the same spot just laying rubber down, right? But uh, and, and, and you get stressed in your tires. Yeah, that's great. All right, so last question of the lightning round, and it is actually on a Sunday morning, and we're recording this podcast on a Sunday morning, but on a typical Sunday morning, what's, uh, what's Matthew Frederick doing or what's a typical day look like for, for you? Yeah, so for me, the most important thing is reflection. If you want to be successful in whatever you do, you have to reflect back on the week past or the month past or the year past. So usually on Sunday mornings, I do anything like reflection. I sit back, I think about stuff, I rethink certain things. Where did I go wrong? What, what could I have done better? What did I miss? What can I learn? What should I jot down? What can I share with the world? Uh, so reflection, I think, is really, really important. If you're a person who has a massive ego and everything you do is right, you don't need to reflect. But those are ignorant people. And ultimately, they can't smell their own whatever they're, they're you know, putting out there. So you've got to reflect. You've got to be humble to do that. It's really important. That's what I do on a Sunday morning. Are there any specific questions that you ask yourself? Yeah, I ask myself, could I have, can I be a better person? You know, what did I do that probably harmed other people that I probably could have done better? And you know what? I screw up sometimes and I piss people off. And uh, you know what? Uh, I'm far from perfect. But what can I do to make myself a better person? And how can I, what can I do to, to help my family to move along a certain arc? You know, to move along time. So that, those are the two things I really focus on. You know. Okay, awesome. All right, so if our listeners are Right Club Nation wanted to reach out and know more about you, where can they go? Well, they can go to my website. It's rccsol.com. And I focus on real estate, uh, co-venturing and coaching. That's the RCC and Solid Solutions. So that's one quick place or Matthew with one T, M-A-T-H-E-W dot F at rccsol.com. And you can definitely find Matt at the Right Club, the best dressed guy in the room most uh, <laughs> most of the events. But uh, are there any yes. uh, any last words of advice or anything else that uh, that you'd like to share with the Right Club Nation? Yeah, you know what? Sit down and determine what's good for you. Where do you want to be? Don't compare yourself to others. Uh, set a higher standard than normal, and then go for that standard. So uh, really important to consider what you need for yourself. And don't feel dejected if other people are seem to be moving in the HOV lane and you're sort of stuck in, in traffic. Don't worry, you'll get there. But you have to commit, got to be brave, got to take a risk. And you know what? Get right people on your team. It's really, really important. Brilliant. Very well, very well said. And I will second that because right now, I mean, in terms of the best dressed, you're wearing a suit and like if you guys are, are watching this on YouTube, I'm in like a t-shirt, Alfonso's in a hoodie <laughs> and, and Matt is the best dressed even doing podcasts. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, you probably won't see, but if you are on YouTube, you'll 
you will definitely see. But hey, uh, hey, listen, listen. I, I was a soldier, so I'm trained to to wear a certain thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on our show. It was super exciting to to hear from you again. Thank you for all your insights, and uh, we'll definitely have you back again because there's so many more topics that we can cover. Thank you so much. Love being here. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Okay. Take care. Wow, what uh, what an enlightening podcast! I made like half a page of notes. I don't know how you know. I don't know anything about development or site plans or anything that kind of stuff. But wow, like, am I excited to, to to understand and learn about this? And and I know you, Sarah, have been going through this process and with the empresses and learning about all this kind of stuff. I'm just realized how much I don't know <laughs> about one of these subjects in uh, in real estate investing. But it's amazing. I also found out how much Matt does know. Right? <laughs> in that area yeah absolutely i mean we've done like hours and hours and hours of training so far and it is so it really some of the stuff is so different than buying property residentially because there's so much more stuff that you need to learn and you need to be just very well versed and even who to go first right if you're buying a piece of property and, and you're trying to develop it like there's a whole realm of people to go to first and second and third and, and that way you're you're not going to the wrong person to start with and getting your site plan disapproved so there there's just a lot to learn and a lot to know and it no wonder he he's able to do it i mean he's been in, investing for 30 years and he's done uh i don't know how many townhouses it was but a heck of a lot in Alberta and now he's doing um, development in Belize and building there and maybe Alfonso and I in the right level will have a little house there one of his properties one day maybe we'll buy it off of him but yeah he's uh, he's definitely a well well traveled investor I guess we could say with uh, lots of different strategies yeah and, and so cool and you know what I want to ask you Sarah a question like did you ever think you know three or so years ago we're coming up on the third year anniversary we kind of met a little bit earlier than we started doing the live events. But when we were sitting around meeting with Daniel and Laurel and talking about like this networking group, did you, do you ever think that you're like, Hey, I'm going to you know be part of, you know, building a building or looking for vacant land to do that. Right. Like, I think that's, I don't know. I, I never thought certain things that I, that I kind of hit or, or certain milestones. I, I didn't know that. So like, isn't it cool that like, you know, in a short period of time, like Matt said in the podcast, like, Three years doesn't seem like a long time. Some people, it seems like forever. But in that short period of time, like, like wow, those, those barriers that you'd be able to push through and get to that next step. And now it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do a building. And yeah, we'll do underground parking. And we're going to buy some land. And we're going to get all this site plan approved. And like, you know, maybe three and four and five years ago, this would be like, oh, my God, uh, I just want to buy a house where, <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's just a, a great new challenge. And not that residential real estate is getting boring, but I like that and I'll continue doing that. But I think at this stage in my life, I'm ready to also take it to the next level and, and do something different. Why not do it with four other people? I mean, it's like A, mitigate, mitigating the risk, but B, it's also more fun <laughs> to, yeah. to learn and to do it with, uh, you know, with good friends that are uh, four heads is better than one. And ultimately... Let's uh, let's see what we can build together. Just like we built the right club, right? You know, you and uh, and Laurel and Daniel. I mean, it's great to do it by myself, but if I can also do it with friends and build something even bigger by joint venturing on that end, why not? It is, and it's it is about that 
that choice or that freedom of working with others and also like building with others, right? That you, you're going to build that, you know, it's a, that legacy and, and have that strength. And, you know, you, those people that are around you, it's, like you said, it sucks. If you're by yourself and you're super amazing, super successful. Like I want to live on an island, but I don't want to be by myself on that island. Like, you know what I mean? Like, who, who uh, would you take on that island? Who would I take? If on? you could pick like your three, Ooh. three people, and it doesn't have to be like your best friends necessarily, but if you can only take three people with you and you would, you would be around them for just one year and they would, they would be happy wow. to go. Who would it be? Wow. Three people. Wow. That's a tough question. Let's see on that Island. Well, because Matt is on our podcast today, I'm going to say Matt, cause we could talk about <laughs> investing in, and we probably develop a whole bunch of buildings on that Island. Or something. <laughs> it could be anybody. I don't know. Like I would be like, I'd call up Elon. Hey, Elon, what's going on, man? Want to have an Island? Want to hang out? And then like, uh, I've always like Richard Branson, the Virgin, Virgin mobile, Richard Branson. He seems like, just a super cool guy that would just like want to party. We'd probably go like skydiving and then like halfway down the jump, we'll talk about like another business that we're going to develop. Like, and we'll point, I don't know that that's tough putting me on the spot. So don't hold don't me, put me on the spot. I don't have answers either, but I okay. interesting. All right, to find out more, let's, you know what? Right club nation. That's a great question. So if you, we want you to reach out to us, email Sarah at the right or Alfonso at the right let us know who you're one person or three people or I don't know, five, I don't know. Let's go with one person, one person that you would want to be on an island with. And the coolest, the coolest answer, or what you think the most unique answer, we're going to give a prize to. There's going to be a prize to that answer. I want you guys to. And why? And why that person? And, and Alfonso, I will say that you need to let Catherine, our ops manager, know that this contest is going on because. Uh, uh, okay. Um, I won't go into the details, but <laughs> okay. I definitely will. I get all excited and get these contests, but reach out. We want to get those answers. We want to get some engagement from you guys uh, as well as some other questions and, and things like that, but definitely um, for the prizes, the prize is going to be a half an hour free one-on-one zoom call with either one of us. So you guys can pick. I love it. I love it. Good job, sir. See, that's why you have to have partners. Great people <laughs> to help support you. That's amazing. So uh, on that note, please uh, be in touch with us. Reach out, rate and review the podcast. Get onto the website. Look at our future events. We have webinars, live events. The online community is ready to go. Get set up that you, so you're the first person to know uh, or you are the first on that list so that you know when it is ready to launch. Uh, we have so much amazing content that we're putting together. We're super excited. Please. And if you want to be on this podcast, you got a cool story. Sarah and I would love to, uh, to interview you and get your story. That way we can share it with the nationwide. Now I, we, I get calls from people from BC, from Winnipeg, Montreal. I know your French is way better than mine, but you know, I understand a little bit of the uh, Francais, but uh, it's crazy how it's kind of spread across the country. So don't, uh, don't be quiet, make some noise. We want to hear from you, reach out and uh, yeah, who knows where it can go. That's it. Hey guys, Right Club Nation, come grow with us. Thank you for tuning in and uh, see you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.